0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It is the Anfield Rap on Radio City. Talk Neil Atkinson, John Gibbons, Fuad, Hassan, and Carl Kopak with you for the next ooh, hour. If you're listening on the radio, 47 minutes if you're listening via the podcast. It's something like that anyway. Uh, we are going to rattle through all the doings of the day, uh, which is firstly how, how and if people are going to Kiev they're not going to affect this and the costs of the entire operation and whether or not various people could do a little bit better including ticket allocations uh, we're going to be talking about all of that sort of stuff we're also going to be talking about the fact that Liverpool have broadly speaking nailed their core ambitions for this season if they get one result against Brighton and we will be talking about that game against Brighton as well it's everything you need on your Friday evening and we're going to go from there but we're going to start off sort of semi-relaxed John I'm going to ask you begin to ask you a question that I ask people on our Friday show on Tour player, uh, which is just a really simple one, really. Who's your manager of the year?
2: Guardiola, I think. I think I don't think it always should go to the fellow who who's won the league, but I think if the fella wins the league in the manner that Manchester City have, then I think you have to. It's only you know, people say about Man City's riches, it's only their third league title since um, the Sheikh Montour came in, so it's not like you know. More often than not, they're not winning it. They weren't odds-on favourites at the start of the season. So basically the, the, the field were backed to beat Man City and they very much haven't. And so I think I think for everything he's done and, and how he's developed those players and, and the style of football, I think he deserves it. But there's loads of really good shots. Loads of really good shots. Carl, what's yours? It
3: probably is Guardiola, to be honest. I mean, just because he's basically battered the league on his own and I also hate it when the league manager doesn't win I mean, the championship manager doesn't win it because it happens if George Burley won it in 2001 after we won everything and we're going any chance he's won? He's literally won every single competition he's in apart from the league can we, can we just win that please so it probably is
0: Guardiola and it's just mostly because he, he had it all done by February really yeah, if there was yeah I'd have to say the same I think the style in which he's done it and just sort of the sheer number of points he's managed to get over the season but I think any one of the three promoted sides as well, all of those managers are in with a great shout because, I mean, some achievement with the squads that all three of them have that they've managed to kind of stay up.
2: Did also say any different on Friday's Yeah, um, I think uh,
1: Benitez got a shout uh, and somebody else other than Guardiola, Sean Dyche, got a shout.
2: Yeah, it's funny when we're off, isn't it? Because I sort of feel like he's getting less credits than Wagner and Houten are because Newcastle's a bigger club. But just because they're a bigger club, it doesn't necessarily mean they've got better resources available to them or better players. So yeah, I think I think they've all done really well, is kinda of what I'm trying to say. But obviously uh, I think I think of the three, I think Wagner's done the best job just because they weren't even meant to get to the Premier League. Um, Newcastle were favourites to come up. Brighton had had two or three years at the top of the Championship, and we we know that from doing our yep. our lower league shows to speak to the uh, Brighton fans, and they were knocking on the door for a while. Although they have been in the Premier League for a while, where Huddersfield were favourites to go down from the Championship last year, and, and so I think I think considering you know what the position they were in two years ago, I think he's probably done the best job with the promoting clubs. But and I they have beaten the top
3: four
1: as well. They've done really well against the to top four. Beat United at home. Yeah, and you know Manchester.
3: Oh, yeah. totally yeah. beautiful,
1: well, yeah. And I think they're fascinating. Uh, Huddersfield. I think all three promoted sides are really, really interesting this season as to how well they've done, and they're not going to affect. I think that as for the league next year as well, because you'd be sort of already back in Wolves. To hang on in there, Carl. Yeah. Uh, Cardiff are interesting because of the Warnock factor and can kind he of keep the sides up as well as get them up and all of that. But all four sides who are in the playoffs, I actually think you can make a pretty strong case that they're all, to some degree, natural Premier League clubs. Well, so if they get up, they could well stay up. Well, also, can Warnock keep his job? Because he's, he's not great at staying once you get
3: someone up and he tends to go by Christmas anyway. He has an argument with somebody. <laughs> but it just happens, doesn't it? Just that i made up Cardiff because so it's, it's a nicer way. So I'm really happy with that. but yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's been strong the, the championship this year, so they've all got a chance of staying up again. I think there's some big clubs who might be a bit worried next year.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's move on to what we're going to talk about, which is Liverpool reaching their uh, objectives for UAD, And We've got one more game to do it. Um, I think that we would all have took. and I think that the, there's, I think everyone would have liked a stronger domestic cup showing somewhere along the line. I think that is fair, but I think everyone would broadly have said. What's acceptable on par is a Champions League run and qualifying for it again next season. Now we've over achieved arguably on the Champions League run against that expectation. There's one more game to go to, to tick the box of next season.
0: Yeah, exactly. And just as a lot of people have been saying on the shows, if you were given this at the start of the season, I think everyone would have taken it and bitten your hand off for it. Because the journey we've gone on in the Champions League has has you know given a lot of fans, my age, younger fans, even you know older fans, some of the best moments, nights of their Liverpool kind of supporting days. And I think what we've experienced this year is going to really help galvanise us for next year because I think this has just kind of united everyone even more. And I feel we've really built a base. I know, I know getting to a Champions League final is not really a base, but we've really gathered the momentum to go into next season with with a, I mean, with a lot of uh, positivity. Yeah. I think.
1: There's there's something in Carl that it will be the first time if we pull this off against Brighton and I am going to keep saying if because while Liverpool haven't been beaten at home all season I don't think anyone will very much enjoy being in that ground on eighty if it's level (laughs) let's be quite honest (laughs) about that so yeah well let's be honest I mean it could be the case and so we've got it you know that's why if is important because this job is not finished I'm sure Klopp will be saying the same thing to his players but all of that said if we pull this out it is the first time we've had back to back. Champions League qualification since the summer of two thousand and nine. Yeah, that is, you know, that's nine years, and so that is. I think that sort of contextualises the the scale of the achievement by this manager and these players. Well,
3: you said last year that um, when we got top four against Middlesbrough in the last game, that you said that this is that's not a target anymore. That's just the basis of what we do. We are now a top four club. We're going to stay in the top four, and you know we don't want to put that as a sort of tick box or anything like that. This is basically where you start from.
2: I think it's all in a good saying that, Carlin How so did you been? But I think I think. That's what Chelsea is saying. Uh, oh, no, well, absolutely, Arsenal yeah, Arsenal I agree. Yeah. so I think you know, uh, we, we we do need to. Although I don't like saying top fours and achievements because it goes against yeah. you know, the traditional football yeah. fan. Name, me and you, Carl, um, that I think you have to acknowledge that the six teams who all think the top four. Sides. Absolutely,
3: yeah. I mean, I mean um, it is an achievement because yeah. Chelsea are quite good. <laughs> Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal, last year. They're, they're they're not bad. Yeah, I'm yeah. in I mean, Arsenal are mad, but you know they can still put something together uh, when they need to. But so it is an achievement. But it's um, uh, I just think it's interesting last year that he said straight away, right? You know, this is the level we want to be at now. It's not a scrap to, to get into that top four.
1: But that's why that's why I think Carl, it is and it has been so important to secure doing it again. I think that that's the you know I think it's something sort of that we can all quite quickly become a little bit complacent about on the one hand, but on the other hand, that's why I think he, he's what the message he's trying to put over there is: this is it. This is this is this is, this is your minimum requirement, boys. You, you all get your minimum requirements. I get our minimum requirements yep. as, as your gaffer, and then from there, that's where we move from and. You know that's sort of. I think that's what we've got to understand and accept a little bit. Really, is that 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 that, that is at least for us for a few seasons at least paramount, and 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 that's why that's why Sunday remains an enormous game. Yeah, it's a line in the
3: sand, isn't it? It's a, that's Exactly, exactly. What it's a line in the sand. This is where we get from, and then we push on from there, such so as Champions League finals.
2: Yeah, way. and I think it's, it's funny because I was speaking to Alan Wares, who does Albion Raw, which is the Brighton version of this, and I was doing speaking to him on uh, one of our subscriber shows, and he was saying. What, what staying in the Premier League will mean to them this summer in terms of attracting players. And mm. he said last year, you know, we were trying to see to players who were a Premier League club and they're like, "Oh, well, you're not really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You've, you've, you've got there, but, you know, you, you're probably not going to stay there. And I don't think Liverpool have quite got that because they've got more Champions League experience than Brighton have got Premier League experience. But there still might be a little bit of that where it was, Players now going. Oh, you got. Oh right, yeah. Oh yeah, you you got to the final. Or whatever happens then, and you're back in it next year. You know, you you. This is a club I can join and expect to be getting yeah. to the latter stages of the Champions League every year, and yeah, that's the, really important.
0: Yeah, I guess even in the most basic sense, without getting without securing top four, we don't get to do what we've had this season. You know, we don't get to repeat that journey or even attempt to repeat that journey. And I think you know, for a club like Liverpool with the history and the competition, it, it's so important that we're back in Europe because, I mean. It's not a case of reestablishing establishing yourself in kind of Europe's elite, but it's it sort of awakening Europe to to what Liverpool become now and what sort of journey the manager's taking us on and what sort of the future holds. So I think it's really important in that sense. It's the line and the sand part is, I think, I think is what's
1: important, Carl, and I'm I'm, I'm really pleased you used that in that. Yeah. I'm still. I mean, you need to phrase this the right way. I'll. I'm going to remit, I'm going to end this season. Quite possibly with Liverpool uh winning their sixth Champions League. And I'll still have a day at some point in the summer where i think, God, I wish we got more league points. And that's obviously ridiculous. And I'm obviously wrong. And it doesn't matter if we get this final bit of this job done and we qualify for next season. It doesn't matter. But there will be something in my mind going, you know, you want this is the minimum that, you know, getting your seventy-five, which I hope we still get by the way. Yeah. Uh, getting your seventy-five and going, right, that's that's our that, that is our base. And I mean that in the in the right in the, in the sense of being able to swagger around the gaff, you know, this is what we do, we can we can win that big shiny thing, but yeah. simultaneously, we still go at two points a game, there's no apologies for that, that this is, this is and it is trying to sort of say, these are the standards, this is the standard, yeah. But it's the, this is the acceptable standard, and I think that's what the manager wants to say, that's the acceptable standard, nothing else is.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm i absolutely right, and I will probably have similar thoughts myself, uh, if we win the Champions League, obviously I'll, I'll be drunk until September anyway, but, um I will be thinking, I want to win the league next year because somehow it seems easier. No, it isn't. Of course, it isn't because it's 38 very hard games. But that's what expectation does, though, doesn't it? Just think, well, I can win. If we can win that, surely we can win the boat race and do
2: anything. <laughs> well, banged up for winning the boat race. Yeah. I, think, I think if you do what Neil does and, th- and think about one more point and you look at where we've dropped points this year, it's you can talk yourself into it, into a certainly a title challenge next year quite easily. And I'm looking at Not just the disappointing draws at home, although there have been many, but Mm -hmm. up against, I would say, you know, the the top four rivals. You know, we've got we got one point against Tottenham, we got one point against. Um, United. United, United, yeah, yeah. Um, one point against Chelsea, and those three. I'm thinking you, you need to turn those into three or four. I think we'll, because it takes points off them and it gives you, and then that's like if you can if you can turn those ones into fours, then that's that's nine more points next season already. and forgetting about the draws at home.
3: I, I think it's also a case of we've been playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday every week, and
1: I did. I take it we all went to the derby, but no, one bothered them about that. Um, there is also the. The the last thing I sort of want to touch on before we move on to what being able to look ahead to both of the games, both the challenges that come ahead of us, Fuad, is is the message sent to those players internally within that side, the players themselves is they get they get to go, you know what we can, we're a serious football team who can do X Y and Z. They get to do that, and they also get to look at each other and know that it's not a, it wasn't a fluke. But they now know that I am a 76, 78, 78 Champions League quality centre-back, centre-midfielder, centre-forward. Whatever it is, it is. They get to look at each other and say, well, we've come on this together.
0: Exactly. And I think once they kind of reach that stage, you're you're looking at transfer windows or or, or summers where it's a case of, of small improvements. It's not a case of transition anymore. And I think that word's been used a lot about, well, when talking about Liverpool over the last five, six, seven years, it's now coming to the stage where we're adding significant improvements in very specific areas and we're not needing to, you know, ship off six players and bring in six players. It's a case that they can see a very clear kind of path of progress. So that's really important because, you know, these sort of little additions as we've seen with Van Dijk and and other such players, these are the ones that are going to take us to that next level.
1: Okay, this is the Anthony Rappam Radio City Talk. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back. It is the Amphill Rap on Radio City Talk. We're going to get back, getting stuck into looking ahead to Kiev and its many different facets, and looking ahead to Liverpool versus Brighton. It is indeed the biggest game of the season so far against Brighton, uh, which might seem unlikely as Liverpool only need a point, but that's the way it is. But before then, we're going to play a little bit of music. This is uh, pulp. Uh, well, these are pulp, and this is common people. That's Paul for common people. Uh, this is the Anfield Rap Neil Atkinson hosting John Gibbons Fuad Hassan and Carl Kopack with you uh, until half past seven on the radio. Whatever you do doing this evening, take it easy and have a lovely weekend. The football's not till Sunday. You can fill your boots on Saturday. Um, let's talk about the allocation. It's Carl. It's hugely frustrating um, that the stadium is as big as it is, and that Liverpool and Real Madrid, that both sets of supporters, end up end up not even forming the majority of the ground. I nope. think that's the, that's the, you know, that's your first marker point here. We're not even the majority of the ground. And nope. you're just wondering to yourself, you know, the, the, the things to me just sort of feel as though they've been allowed in a in a relatively sort of carefree sort of way to spiral a little bit
3: out of control now. It, it's mad that two huge clubs are getting 25% each of an allocation for a, for a European Cup final. It's absolutely mad. And you're, and you're right, it's just the way... It's just being accepted by UEFA. This is what we do, and you know, it's 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 Europe's showpiece event, and we might invite some fans along as well. Like they're just not the priority, and it's it's absolutely maddening. I um, thing as we were doing this with Athens, you know, it's the same situation. Then <coughs> Istanbul was a bit different, obviously because we took over the ground, but um, it's just I don't know how they get away with it. I honestly don't know how they get away with it.
1: Well, they get away with it, John, because it's their event. And I think that this is where, you know, I'm not gonna this isn't Liverpool's fault. Liverpool do not decide what the allocation no. is. And we've got to be really clear about that. Liverpool do not decide, John, what the allocation is for these finals, for these events. That's the that that it's it's important to put that front and centre. But you, you do wonder about the the application of soft power. That's one of the things, you know, I you do sort of think that's, and maybe you're wrong to think so, but you do sort of think that questions around supporters when there are the meetings of the elite clubs across Europe, you do get the impression that they're, they're relatively low on the agenda. And that is that is something that does probably have to change at some stage soon.
2: Yeah, it's, it sort of sticks in the core more than the ethical mm. ones, I think, for me. Because the ethical ones, I think they're generally trying to do nice things with the tickets and they're generally trying to be inclusive and they're generally trying to think... Think of the FA Cup as a, as a as a final for the whole of England rather than just the two teams involved. Whether they're right to do that is, is is a debate. But I think I think that's mainly what's what's kind of going on in the FA Cup final. Where is this? It just feels like it's 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 a massive money making exercise, and and it's you know it's, it's it's how much how much can we possibly kind of you know make out of make out of this this kind of event each each year, and and it is a shame, and it's a shame as you say that. We we only I and mean, we're all kind of guilty of it. We only kind of seem to get head up when when we're in the final, and then we go, "Oh, this has happened again." And then we all kind of forget about it. And what you'd like to see is the clubs maybe in England, because I think it, I think it does affect English clubs more because we generally travel more. Like I don't. I was know about much... to say, there's a cultural thing here in play, isn't there? Really. Yeah, and that's what mm-hmm. happened with ball When ball was was a, a disgraceful allocation, mm-hmm. but, and we would say, "Well, why are you only really playing it in Barl then?" And then you wait for we to say, "Well, the last three seasons, you know, we, we were struggling to sell out." To be honest with you, lads, and and so it was kind of one of those really. Whereas, I think I think English clubs kind of do travel more, and I think so that then it's more noticeable then. But you would like to think that that the, the clubs in England would have enough sway to be able to to be able to go to you for and say, look, this isn't really on. And I understand why you want to do a ballot to 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 allow kind of fans from wherever the place is to have a chance to go to a European Cup in this city. And I kind of understand why, I look, the sponsors and they need to be kind of looked after and things like that. But when it's such huge numbers and as you say, we're not even the kind of majority in a, in a in an area, you kind of wonder kind of what's going on really and Look, they're the first, you know, to, to focus on fans when, when, when it's a sea of colour and things like that. But if they're careful, kind of, it's not going to be. It's going to be pockets of colour and, you know, it's a sea of suits.
1: That's I, I think that for me, for what, the thing I don't understand really, where I get frustrated is I'm, I'm if I decide I'm going to try to think in an ultra capitalist sort of way if I'm trying to think what's very much the best for UEFA and the best for the UEFA brand and the best to sell Champions League rights the world over and the best to push that out is a final that feels vibrant Mm. you know if you've got a bit of long term thinking rather than just sort of what boxes it all off now the the best way to say that the Champions League is the showpiece game of world football even in a World Cup year is if the ground is absolutely scintillating. You know, that's that's the thing you can influence. You can't influence the quality of the football. The quality of the football is what turns up on the day. But you can influence what it looks and feels and sounds like.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's all so big. It's so big towards sort of the the marketing and the I guess the the whole kind of product of a Champions League final. And I think you could kind of see it with uh, some of the, the European games this season at Anfield. And even away, you can see BT Sport and different companies making... Quite a big deal out of the Anfield atmosphere, the fans. All these sort of videos going out um, that really kind of showed showcased what the fans mean to these sort of games and how how much it means to them. I mean, I also kind of wonder if there was if there's a little bit of naivety on their on their part in terms of underestimating the willingness of fans to travel all the way to Kiev and and these sort of places. And obviously, past kind of lessons should have taught them that you know fans will travel. And also, you know. I I, th- I was thinking this the other day about sort of German clubs and if we saw a German club in the final if we if we see a bit more made of it and you know a bit more pressure being put on UEFA in terms of the allocation and and the pricing as well just because it seems like there's a lot more representation and,
2: and also on the travel you wonder whether kind of and whether a German club and I was thinking about this before would be doing more about yeah. the fact that it's it's just so expensive to get there and we've also seen that the prices on the Thomas Cook ones where yeah. I mean, they've got up from two days ago from when Thomas Cook announced what they were going to be yep. and it's an extra 150 quid. But then you feel stupid because the family sold out in half an hour. Yeah. And so you're like, well, you know, you, you, they, can, they can go, well, well, maybe it was too cheap. And so, and so you're in this kind of situation where I don't know, I don't know what the, what the club can do about travel. Was it's put put themselves in a difficult situation because they've got an official travel partner. Yeah. So they're in a situation now where they've been taking money off Thomas Cook for years, and then this is where Thomas Cook go. Well, this is where we make our money, and then so and then the club can't then go. Well, yeah. you need to be nice here because they're like, well, no, this is what we were paying for. This is what we were giving you the millions and millions of pounds for to to do this. Yeah. And so they've got themselves in a, in a kind of tricky situation there. I don't know whether they could be putting something on in terms of you know, official kind of travel for themselves. But I guess it gets so hard when you're talking about tens of thousands rather than a few hundred. It does get hard, and it is again. I don't. I, it's, it's
1: important that we don't cast this as goodies and baddies. And there was that information. If I go back to John before I go to Carl, there was that information today, wasn't there? That Madrid are supposedly making it super cheap, and that transpires that no one can find any actual hard evidence of this. Yeah,
2: yeah. You, you did this, yeah. just thing on Twitter. I'm sure people have seen that. Oh, Madrid are putting on flights for 300 euros. Yeah, for the, yeah. And it's like, is, is this definitely true? And it doesn't. I can't see any evidence of it whatsoever. I think someone's just decided it, and then someone else has come. Well, this is a good stick to, to be Tony Badde with to kind of let's do. <laughs> is that and I, mean, I Tony's had it coming <laughs> <laughs> I've done all his own way for too long and as I say over the over the weekend you know this, these flights might come out and we'll end up looking a bit but the, silly but I would imagine that they don't but
1: the one thing I think wouldn't which wouldn't go amiss and I think it's so difficult I know it is difficult I know we end up asking Liverpool to do everything the one thing that wouldn't go amiss though Carl was a statement an indication a suggestion that Liverpool themselves are a bit like oh come on on behalf of their own supporters you yeah. know what I mean that, that wouldn't that Something like that, and I understand that there's so much, so much politics of all of this, and that that might actually be completely counterproductive. And and you accept that up to a point, but there is a part of me that sort of wants a bit of a, oh, come on lads, this is this is you're, you're making it hard for us here. Even you know if Liverpool can find some way to get that suggestion out there as well, yeah,
3: and get everyone on side. I mean, that would it'd be, it'd be really nice the come I and not saying that Maybe the club are going to do this, I don't know, but it would just be dead nicer if they said. These lads travel everywhere you know you, it's, to get to the final you've got to do seven aways and you know they're not cheaper they've all just been back to Rome and stuff all right man city was different but um any
2: any chance you can the, just help us just out a with really this? small it, thing that they yeah. could do yeah. would be to extend the team <laughs> to get deadline yeah, and I think that's, that's yeah that would do it. that would do it yeah and I think yeah. you think that that's kind of saying and it might kind of you know, mind of never run a multi-million-pound business, so so I'm just presuming these things are easier than if I was to sit down with Peter and Go actually, that's quite difficult because blah blah blah. But but I, it doesn't feel to me, off you know, in to to be that difficult to go do you know what lads we've had a great run and you've been there 5,000 of you went to Rome we were yep. made up now you're all going there yeah, Kiev bloody hell that's the area it's almost yeah. okay what are they like but you know what <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we'll put we'll do it we'll, we'll extend it. we'll, by we'll a month. help you out we'll extend it mm-hmm. by a month and they might say that they put credit cards in place and things like that and blah 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 and, and they have done things over the last few years to make it easy to where the money sets you. you know to, to pay over time but still it's still that money going out of your account it's still another chunk on a credit card yep. and it is it is genuinely dressing people out and so I think if they could do that then you then you might start to think well at least they're thinking of us if yeah. uh, they're yeah. not doing everything that you want
1: okay uh, just very very quickly as well there is such a thing as bad luck um, 2010 Madrid 2011 Wembley 2012 Munich 2013 Wembley 2014 Lisbon 2015 the Olympic Stadion of Berlin 2016
2: San Siro 2017 Cardiff 2019 Madrid and uh, at some point <laughs> Eastern
1: Europe <laughs> does get to have one
2: I know I don't mind Kiev getting one to be <laughs> honest I've seen that criticised and stuff yeah as you say it's part of, if it's part of Europe it's part of well, it,
1: if, 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 if you felt like Eastern Europe was getting one every other year you could begin to go hang yeah. on it's won this decade yeah. and I've been the one who's made that argument and when I've just looked at it now it's won this decade yeah. uh, and it is unreasonable to get that that Eastern Europe gets to have one at some point in a decade uh, anyway this is the Anfield wrap on uh, Radio City Talk and by the way you can say yeah maybe you're a bit unlucky but you're also in a Champions League final uh, and they're pretty boss <laughs> wait, wait till
2: the Super Cup allocation that's all I'm saying wait. I don't know how we're going to
1: do it. honestly <laughs> I almost feel like we should have teams of boffins working around the club. I think we're obliged to give more supports as tickets uh, than we will
2: get for the Super Cup. It's 10,000. I reckon it would just be friends and family of the players, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you know, like you're playing at of Park on Sunday and you get six. Yeah. I think that's basically what's happening for everyone.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's the way in which it's working. Listen, this is the amphi Rap on Radio City Talk. are going to uh, be back uh, after this uh, and we're going to be clattering on to all the football that is to look forward to. It's your red bet blah blah blah, It's your reds bet insert. That was all right, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, stick with it, mate. Stick with it. it. Would you want to perfection? They won't be here. Uh, (laughs)
1: It's the way in which it works. Neil Atkinson and John Givens to chat away about what Reds bet are partners for this year, where fifty percent of their profits slash your losses go back to support or fan related causes or issues. Uh, Do share the glory with them. Reds bet Uh, they are partnering with us for the whole this year. We're very proud to have them on board. Um, So if you are going to gamble please gamble responsibly that's all the upfront stuff
2: done John that I needed to get out the way should we have a chat about the championship playoffs yeah it's it's the most wonderful time of the year it makes you, uh, I, you... I messaged you yesterday about to maybe taking a week off <laughs> um, to try and go to them or just you know just take it all in I tell is, you I honestly it
1: what occurred to me when you sent me that message was you know because they never play on the same night yeah there is actually an argument that if we weren't all wrapped up in the Liverpool stuff, let's say next season we've got top four box, but we've gone out the Champions League. Maybe we've won the league mid-April. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just suggesting what
2: we do is we go every game of yeah. the Championship playoffs. Yeah, we'll be like a more respected media company by then as well. So you'll probably apply for passes. Do so you think so? Well, probably not, but we can give it a go. Uh, yeah, we can lie to them and so maybe we say, you know, we we do cover other sides, but only the playoffs. Like
3: we're,
1: we're very playoff focused, I might start getting into the EFL Sky Bet Championship now. Uh, no, it's all in there. Um, I'm I'm obsessed with them. We are obsessed with them. Derby play Fulham tonight as we're talking, and then Middlesbrough play Aston Villa uh, tomorrow, and they're the first legs. and Then it flips around Monday and Tuesday. God, it does not have come round fast.
2: Yeah, the I mean that's 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 footy almost almost every night. Yeah, Sunday off, isn't it? And then I'm sure there'll be League One all going on. Well, now, Sunday's so. us. Of course, yeah, those those idiots. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a lot of football. Brilliant. The they're re- they're four really, really good teams as well. I think I think uh, there was a couple who were who were kind of unlucky to m- miss out, but I think of the of the four that I that I wanted, they've kind of all gone in and yeah, they're gonna be gonna be really well, good games. So your Red Bet um your Bet
1: Championship specials uh, that are that that are knocking around. Um they've got the lone striker, Mitrovic to score first in that one. Um, and they've got uh versus Derby, Fulham Derby, and they've got proud Rams Derby to win from behind. Um That one's a good one as well uh, because the first leg is at Derby County at the Pride Park. Fulham Starwell. Do the film start well. start well? start Oh, I'll tell you what, I love that we've got this knowledge. We're doing a show on this next week. It's the show I'm most <laughs> looking forward to. Uh quick out the blocks, uh, Aston Villa to score first in their one. Um, that is 33 to 20. Um, you can do the maths on your own. Uh, and you have also got Grab Yourself a goal, Lewis Grabbing to score anytime. Uh, in that one, three to one. Uh, that is on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. And also Tramier have got their playoff final, you know. Yeah, best of luck to them, yeah. Best of yeah, luck, luck to in them the indeed. Combat. Uh up Middlesbrough to win and both teams to score in that one. Uh, that's five to one. I should give the Else, I often don't, but we're fast
2: and loose. I just named the competitors before to Reds bet me. I'd have gone. I think. I think that that's quite a nice bet because I think if if Middlesbrough, I can't see Villa not scoring, but Middlesbrough could go there and win. So it's one of those where you're basically being offered the 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 enhanced win price. Who do you think's coming up? (sighs) It it could be any of them. I I don't fancy Derby for some reason. I just think they've they've. I don't, I don't know for for whatever reason. I don't, do not feel I like was... perennial bottlers? Don't do a little bit? Yeah, and bottlers little...
1: the wrong word. I hate the word bottler. I don't like all that. Yeah. But you feel, you feel like they've never quite had the class when it's on the
2: line. Yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah, and, and because they've they've kind of been one of the more consistent sides, kind of as as well. You they don't catch the eye as much as a kind of a a, a Middlesbrough who've gone on a good one to kind of get in there and a, a Villa who did that really good one kind of around the middle of the of the season. And so they've never kind of gone. Oh, look look what Derby are doing. So I don't know. I think, I don't know, is, is the one last hurrah for England's brave John Terry?
1: I mean, there is. Let's, let's be quite clear about this. There's a towering header from John Terry somewhere <laughs> in these, these games uh, for him to, 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 to drag Villa uh, either to the finals or to, or to keep them competitive across the two games. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I, I am genuinely looking forward to watching everything uh, in this one, and I sort of think, I fancy, I fancy we might well get a Fulham Middlesbrough final and, and a bit of a clash of styles.
2: Fulham are the ones who... Think they should be up though, and they're always kind of dangerous, aren't they? In terms of in terms of the playoffs, so I always think the one who's the one who's disappointed, the one—I mean—they they kind of lose second place early, yep. and, and the one who does that is often the one who misses out. Yeah, no, I think that's fair, and that's more than fair enough. Uh, future sadness for them.
1: Should we do us? Um, so if
2: James Milner hits the woodwork, twenty to one. Oh, mm, okay. Can't work it out. Yeah, good or bad? I mean, it's decent odds, but I'm trying to I'm trying to envisage a situation, and it's basically him in the post from a penalty, and I don't like that, so I don't want to think about it. Okay, uh, not a bright
1: afternoon. Brighton to concede four or more, nine to four. Pretty short, sure is isn't it? Uh, comeback kings, Liverpool to win from behind could do without that, nine to one.
2: Well, I was thinking about that game against Newcastle where we where we just done there the freeola the Palace and the fact that Newcastle yep. take the lead in that and then Liverpool win the game and there's the brilliant Shirley Abbey who will be sending off where he's basically got a, got somewhere to go <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it is one of football's great senders off that yeah. has never been looked into but we came from behind to win that one so, yep. so there is there is some precedent there is some precedent
1: uh, I, I, yeah, uh, perfect weekend Liverpool win Man United lose Everton lose can't quite see that one Coming out, out the bag, that's 40 to 1. But Liverpool win, Man United fail
2: to win, and Everton fail to win. Feels like
1: it's got a little bit on it. I mean, Man United are
2: weird, aren't they? Let's be honest. Well, they played Thursday as well, which was kind of a bit mad, and and, and that one kind of ends in a 0 0. They're guaranteed second now, aren't they? They're so, at home to Watford, though. But you well, this is weird. Has, Watford are a funny team, too. Yeah, they are and, two uh, funny teams. And I don't know. I, I mean, what, what odds are we given on the. Uh, the odds that we're given on that one is uh,
1: is uh, for them to for them and Everton to both lose on <laughs> us to win. It's forty to one. I mean that's pushing it. For I them think. to fail to win, it's seven seven yep. to one. Um, so that's what we're looking at for that okay. one.
2: I think sevens is decent for that actually because it's unlikely Everton will win because you know. They've won recently, so and, the, and the, the 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 really weird thing about Man United and Everton is you, they both seem to adopt the attitude of they
1: can only win when they can be bothered, you know, when it, when it matters in some sort of way. Uh, so that's a great weekend there. And the horrible weekend is Liverpool lose, good lord, Man United win and Everton win. I tell you what, I'll define my horrible, horrible weekend in that context by how Chelsea get on. Uh, but Man United win and Everton win—that's uh, seventy to one. That's quite the insurance better If uh, if it does all go badly wrong, uh, seventy to one for that one could be worth considering. If you are thinking we're all we're going to be crying into our pints uh, as we're in Motel on uh, Sunday evening. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you very much to Redsbet. As I said before, please do be gamble aware. Uh, but if you are going to gamble with anyone, uh, we'd like you to do it with Redsbet uh, because of their pledge to give 50% of their profits slash our losses back to Liverpool supporters related causes. So please do do that if you are someone who enjoys uh, the occasional bit of gambling. Uh, and if not, I hope you just enjoyed the chat during this segment, really. There'll be more playoff stuff for you next week and obviously much more about the Reds. And we'll get back over now to the show. It is the Anfield rap on Radio City Talk. And listen, whilst you were at the break there, I was uh, lead, reading off, off John's, John, John's uh, urging Jurgen Klopp's letter uh, to the Football Writers Association Award with reference to Mo Salah. It's quite a letter, John. He's covered a lot of ground, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, he
2: does. He's brilliant on Mo and what a great person he is, as well as football. And he's, there's a nice line in it where he says, Look, I'm not going to tell you what a great player he is. You've, you voted him your player of the year, so we'll talk about the person that he is. And also, you know, he manages to. Get in the fact that you know. Really, he, he, there's a lot more demands on him now, and we need to be patient with him as well as appreciate the fact that he, he will kind of sign everything he can because he's that kind of person. He's 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 lovely on being Brewster, whom sure wasn't expecting. He was just sat there thinking I'm going to hear about how great Mo Salah is, and, and suddenly he's you know got a, a large portion of it about how what a good football he is, but also how brave he's been this season. And it's just that nice, and he just reminds you that we're we're just dead lucky to have Jurgen Klopp, and in terms of the, the person he is as well as the manager that everyone knows he is as well. There's something else that's in it, Carl. At the end, he talks about
1: England and the World Cup, and we don't do much on that sort of stuff here, but it's interesting how he talks about it. He, He phrases this idea of he's trying to almost take the pressure off and, and, and ask the people in the room to take the pressure off. And he says it means, you know, that doesn't mean to be cheerleaders or ignore failures and mistakes. He uses this line, which I think is really interesting. It just means remembering they are a group of relatively young people who will be giving their best and trying their hardest to make a nation proud and happy. And you get that, there's a lot of clock where I do really think that, you know, what you see is what you get and um, that there is, there's, There's quite an honesty within that, that idea that that's sort of how he sees footballers in general. That's important to see footballers in general. They are a group, most footballers, Liverpool's footballers are a group of relatively young people. They're mostly men in their 20s uh, who will be giving their best, yes, and trying their hardest, yes, to make X proud and happy. And you sort of get the impression a lot of the time, the messages that he's sort of putting out there, the core messages are, they're all having a go. Come on, yeah, yeah, everyone's exactly, just having yeah. a go here. They're playing a the game and they're having a go, and it's hard. And it's it's interesting that he uses this here to to make that point, because I think it's something that you can throw forward both to Sunday's game against Brighton and also to to the, the final against Madrid, but also look back on a course of the season when you see him react angrily towards the main stand when yeah. someone's made the wrong shout or the noise he doesn't like. It's as though he's saying they're just relatively young people who are giving their best. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's it's the, it's the whole key main part of it, it. I mean, no one's phoning it in. No one in a Liverpool shirt is phoning it in because you couldn't with him as your manager for a start anyway. Because uh, it always takes me back to that his, his first game against Tottenham when someone described it as um, it was like an aerobics festival rather than a football match. So you know, no, one, no one's hiding in that side <laughs> whatsoever. And, and they're just. Um, and sometimes it doesn't work. and and sometimes, And that's human and it's it's important to notice that sometimes
1: <laughs> I think it is important to notice that Fuad and he's quite I'm thinking about this you know he goes on to say maybe reduce the pressure a notch or two this is where you can help maybe take the numbers 1966 off your computer keyboard yes, absolutely. and let this team write their own history and memories and again that echoes something he's been saying repeatedly about Liverpool this idea that you've got to give this side room to breathe I think in many ways you can have an argument as to who you'd like as your ideal Champions League final opponents. but I think it sort of suits the Jurgen Klopp message that of all the teams in Europe we're going in against a side who've won 12 of these when we've won five that you know he'd probably rather it was that way around than five and two or five and one or five and zero even he gets to sort of you know that 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 history conversation is, is Real Madrid's as much if not more
0: than it's Liverpool's Exactly and I think it's it's been needed for a little while now that we needed a manager with personality big enough a character big enough to be able to come in and try and get the fan base to not not disconnect from the history and 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 what's happened in the past but to to kind of turn the page and really focus on on now and not let that bog down the players and i think it only takes a manager of his sort of of his character to to be able to take that weight off the player's shoulders and and it comes down to how he how he interacts with the media how he how he you know carries himself and how he i guess how he talks to his players and it's, it's seen on the pitch now. I think you can see the freedom which the players are playing. It, it, it's brilliant, you know.
1: There's, there's a difference between honouring your history, being weighted down by your history, and weaponising your history, Carl. And this season, I feel as though, and I think it has happened occasionally in the past, I feel as though we've weaponised our history. You know, when you talk about certain atm- atmospheres in certain games, certain expectations. Even how we started the show to talk about fourth being the bare minimum, but it's still an achievement that you get to have both. I think for the first time in a while, and maybe it is since two thousand and nine, we've we've moulded this this history which can become a weight and instead used it as a springboard, which is an awful metaphor, but we are where we are. <laughs> yeah, no, I
3: absolutely agree. I mean I mean it, it it can be used against you all the time. And you I know Liverpool aren't very aren't doing very well because we didn't win two successive European Cups and you know no one wins two well, Okay, Madrid. But hardly <laughs> hardly they're they hardly anyone. Um they didn't cheat. <laughs> Hardly anyone um, does that. And you know, it, it's very, very difficult to beat that up. But I was going back to what Craig said after the um, uh, after the Wanna Games. And, like, it, it's 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 the, it's that generation now. This is your 1977. Uh, and the only difference is that 1977 happened. It's still a new thing that we've got to go on. And we are going from scratch on it as much as, you know, we're not doing it. This isn't like a run-in from the Jimmy Case days or anything like that. This is a whole new chapter. And you can't use... The seventies and eighties to beat up the fact that no one does it.
2: I think the difference now seems to be that I like it has been inspired by the past, and I think seeing teams, I think English teams, I think it's fair to say, have got to the quarterfinals and thought, well, that's that's us. And I, I don't think that kind of exists in Liverpool, certainly not at the moment. So you think, and that's how I think they started, as he, as Neil says, to to be kind of weaponised by the yeah. the past successes. I think Liverpool has a feeling around it generally speaking of look when when we're when we good we can we can we can take we can make the most of it, yeah. we can ride the quest of a wave and I think mm-hmm. it's a football club that's really good at doing that, and it's also good at doing the opposite when things are going badly, but when things are going well, I think Liverpool just goes, now yeah, we'll just win this, oh sound, and I think like you know I think other clubs maybe would have. We'll have drawn against Man City. You accept Par. And, and then, yeah, exactly. That, that's with good enough. For well, that, us. That's probably how far we get this year, but we'll, we'll try and be better next year. Liverpool goes, nah, we'll just win it and then we'll talk about how to get better. I, better I, next I, year. I had
3: the same thought because I thought when, when the, the, the draw came in for City, I thought, if we get past City and that's going to be really, really hard, we're going to win this. And I thought, that's a ridiculous thought to our first time back <laughs> I'm going straight yeah. on, we are going to win this tournament. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, so next time another fan calls is delusional, I'm just going to, yeah, but it's, it works really well, you know. Yeah, it works really well being delusional. Yeah. You just go, yes, yeah, I will just win it. Yeah. Um, I think that this is, I think
1: all of it is massive in that context of Fuad, you know, of, of what is to come on Sunday, which is, you know. I think it's, if, if there's every chance and I'm going to keep saying it. Sunday can become a frustrating game. Brighton's stock in trade this season home and away has been to frustrate. Now we went there and we scored five goals so let's be crystal clear here that they, they tried to frustrate us and we scored five goals but th- that doesn't mean it's going to be that easy on Sunday. It doesn't mean it's going to be straightforward and it's worth remembering again even there the opening goal was from a set piece. So... Liverpool have got to. We've got to be prepared for that, but we've also got to be simultaneously. It's it is that fine line between demanding, which we should be, because there's a certain level that we want to hit, but also understanding that yes, they're
0: we're being demanding, but trust me, no one as demanding as they are on themselves. Yeah, exactly, and and I think it's the the manager's tried as you know, uh, watching his press conference today, and he was trying to keep the attention solely focused on that Sunday Cup final. And I think it's I think the week's given him a lot to. A lot of time to prepare let the players kind of freshen up a bit after the hectic few weeks we've had beforehand so i think obviously all the focus will be on that and i think the the big thing is there's there's that sort of mentality where the players the players know what they have to do now and i think we saw that last year at middlesbrough and you know these brighton players are going to come not not necessarily on the beach but you know anfield's a big stage for them you know the these have just been promoted this season. It's one of the biggest stadiums in the world. That's what they came up for. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And they're going to give them give a good account of themselves. So we can't rely on them being on the beach and and being sort of passive in any way. So it's definitely going to be a fight. And I think um, it's the exact sort of occasion, occasion, circumstance that Klopp thrives on and, and his players thrive on. Uh, okay, this
1: is the Anfield App on Radio City Talk and this is New Order and this is True Faith. New Order, True Faith, they're good. Um, there is not that good live. Uh, it's a separate conversation, one for another day. Uh, possibly another <laughs> show, to be honest with you. Uh, Southern Live at Glastonbury was eminently disappointed. Um, there is, first and foremost, there is a, a debt of thanks. And it's it's strange this. I didn't know quite how to react to Huddersfield getting their result against Chelsea, John. And the reason why was, I, you know, I for once, because trust me, I'm ruthless at it on both a personal level and also on a footballing level. I sort of didn't want to make it all about Liverpool. Because it was such an achievement, you started the show talking up David Wagner. You yeah. know, it's such an achievement for Huddersfield, firstly to have come up and then stayed up. And, but I was, it was when the news comes through of that point, I was absolutely overjoyed. You know, overjoyed on, the, the, on every level, thinking it's not done yet, but um, it is. You know, you didn't want to make it about us because it should be about them. It's their achievements. It's their moment. They're the ones who've gone to Chelsea. They're the ones who stayed up in circumstances where they've got two points back to back against the champions of last season the champions of this season, Mm. away from home on both counts. So
2: fair play to them. But good Lord, we loved it. Yeah, I watched it and it was so tense and I was like... I don't know. How I'm gonna cope with the Champions League final, honestly. Because I was like, <laughs> I just, can't live with Huddersfield Chelsea. I know, honestly, I was so tense, and I was like kicking every ball, I was heading everything away. I mean, they they played great. Huddersfield well, played from not the, the right way. They defended great, and and Chelsea also tried to play a little bit when they could, but they did. They, they were really. I know what you mean, but because I think I was, I was thinking about it purely from a Liverpool point of view but when, you, when you saw them all celebrating at the end it was your yeah, brilliance and, and kind of what, what an achievement really and it threw everything absolutely effing at it but it is a good result for Liverpool and there's no denying that because I think it just takes a bit of the tension away on Sunday doesn't it it just means that look we, we were in a similar position or would have been in a similar position as last year with the Middlesbrough one yeah. and you know it gets to nil-nil at half time and you hear the other teams are winning already and it was tense and the release for that genie goal was absolutely brilliant but you know, you just feel like you can just go into this game with a little bit of it. And you sensed after the game as well that the Chelsea p- players and manager were, were, were pretty resigned to the well, fact that that's that. Now, I mean, he was audible to Conte, by the way, whoever does the, the interviews for Sky's first question. So that's that then, isn't it? Conte was like, bloody hell, mate, you know? Well, one of the things I think
1: is interesting is, you know, we're, we're worried about our game at this, the, the weekend, Carl. We know we've still got a job to do. But for Chelsea to put the pressure on us, they've got a tougher fixture they're away at Newcastle, we're at home to Brighton and I know where I'd rather be in that regard, you know, and that's with with all due respect to both sides. I think that you're just looking at the shit, we're a bit cross, a little grumpy about our home form number of draws, but even playing those percentages, you know, with us, uh, we've still won uh, more home games than Chelsea have won away games, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all, It goes on, it goes on. And so you are ending up sort of going to yourself, you know what, this is... They, this is about as good a situation as we could have hoped for a couple of weeks back, possibly, you know, or certainly as we can hope for now. It isn't it isn't as straightforward as we'd like, but it's there for us. And I'd, ra- as I say, I'd rather be us than them.
3: Well, obviously, Rafa's such a big Chelsea fan as well, so that's going to be really helpful. But um, um, it's absolutely perfect. They're a new side who've just come up. We've put five past them already, and they- it is going to be hard. Um, that United game is massive for this game. It really is, because they wanted something, that's going to make this game so much more difficult. But... I'm hoping it's just going to be a like the Middlesbrough game from the second half onwards anyway. But uh, I'd I'd rather play Brighton at home than Newcastle away all day. Uh, I I don't don't, want to play Rafa and I don't have to go to Rafa's ground and win. That's that's Newcastle
2: results haven't been brilliant recently. You sense once the safety took a little bit off the pedal, but it's the last home game. They will want to kind of enjoy it maybe. I'm still trying to figure out why West Ham played Man United on Thursday night. Has anyone got to the bottom of that one? Oh, yeah? That's mad. It was just they were just spreading it out for the television. So there was a, there was a league game Tuesday, a league so to game Thursday. A more,
0: the, yeah, although the, no, there was the chance of it, it so it could have been
1: one to keep West Ham up and one to keep, and maybe United could have been a little bit tighter. And that was decided back when they moved them all for the FA Cup. oh there we are. And what a showpiece it was.
2: <laughs> I think one, one thing Feast was... of
1: football is what i their heard, <laughs> oh, Have
2: we all seen Phil Jones tripping over? Uh,
1: uh, no. Oh, there's something else
2: you should have shown me in a break. I'm sorry, yeah. Just, uh, basically, there's this, this fake turf around the, around the turf and, <laughs> and Phil Jones doesn't see where one stuff starts and the other begins and um, ends. And yeah, just just sends himself flying. It's really, really good. He
1: says the new back
0: Yeah, just one thing I think from, from Chelsea's point of view, they kind of went from that, from the elation of beating us... Uh, It couldn't be more perfect psychologically for us in in that they've beaten us and then they've gone to A game Call which the is expected, to, nice and exactly. Easy. So, I don't yeah. think it's, it's going to be really difficult to pick themselves up.
1: I think that's really interesting. I'll come back on that because I think it's, it throws the context of what we've actually been up against these last few weeks, Carl. Chelsea win their cup final, they get to Liverpool, they gaff, they hang on for dear life, they beat us, and then a few days later they've got Huddersfield aside, they're expected to win. But he has to make a couple of changes because he has got a cup final on the horizon. Yeah. To be fair to Conte, everyone was going, Well, it's ridiculous that he picks, but if, if there's a slightest knock, he's got to keep these lads fit. They want to win silverware, yeah, bear that in mind. Yeah, it strikes me as yeah. This is what we've been putting up with for weeks, boys. We've been we've been muddling through for weeks, and yeah, yeah. it's been a bit frustrating to watch us at times. And as soon as that pressure comes on, Chelsea fall at that hurdle. Yeah. And I think that sort of speaks volumes about the points that we've got on the board so far this season. Yeah. The fact that we've gone as far as we have. I, I think there's another, there's another element of that as well in
3: just how emotionally exhausting football is. Yeah. As much as i said before about you know we've been, we've been doing like Saturdays something of Wednesday or whatever. Um, and we've been playing a lot of Saturday games, like the Derby, and but every, everyone's thinking midweek, everyone's thinking midweek, and we've got those points despite that time, and obviously we've dropped points against Stoke and West Brom and things like that, and for Chelsea, it's pretty much the opposite really, they've, they've gone straight through to league game, league game, league game, league game, and we're ahead of them, and I, I, that's not nothing, I think. And you're right, You had to rest people because now he rested Hazard because he's in my Anfield-Rap right, financial league team, so thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wasn't massively happy with that, to be honest. But uh, but yeah, they, obviously, they, they've got a cup final coming up and also they want to keep players. They want to keep some players because you know, the, the whole situation with the manager, it's, that's emotionally
1: all over the place as well. We haven't got much room to manoeuvre for that, uh in terms of selection. There's Gomez uh, now being ruled out on top of everyone else Lalana's coming back, supposedly to fitness, but you feel as though this one comes too early for him to start. He could do something at fullback. He could do something at centre back, but he's had a week to work with them. I, I think we all probably think
0: the team's the team. Do you think that there'll be any shift on that? No, I think I think he's going to go as, start as strong as possible and then look to try and get not get game wrapped up by by half time or anything like that. But definitely look to bring a couple off in in that second half. But I I don't see him making any sort of mad changes or even. You know, little minor tweaks in terms of fullback or whatever. So, yeah, it's going to be. I think it's going to be as strong as we possibly can.
1: John, I don't see how we can mess about. I think he's on every level, both in terms of what Liverpool you know need from the game, but also in terms of what, what the players who are open to him. The one thing you you know it is worth pointing out is that Brighton are two wins. You know, Stoke have only won one all season. Swansea and Brighton have only won two in terms of away, in terms of away games uh, through the campaign. Um, this is they've lost ten. They've drawn five. The, the draw is enough for us. We are the only side who are who remain unbeaten at home uh, in, in, in all four divisions, albeit with seven seven draws uh, and 11 wins. It does all point for a certain thing, but the whole point that is, though, he, he can't be complacent. And also, I don't think he'd want to be. It's two weeks, isn't it, between now and the final. If anything, he might be worried that players are going to get out of rhythm.
2: Yeah, no, I don't think he'll be complacent, and I think he'll want the team to play together. And look, he hasn't got a huge amount of options. The only thing he might do he might be tempted to do this with Lalana, and he might be tempted to start him, not with the idea of starting him in in Kiev, but to get some get some real kind of minutes in him, to get some real kind of football in his legs, because he looks he looks pretty fit in in, in training. You know, he's 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 in full contact training, he's challenging for balls and stuff like that. So the so they must feel like they they could throw him in, and I just wonder whether Lalana getting seventy. then for an idea that we might need him to change the game in Kiev is better than Lallana getting sort of 20 at the end where we're all hoping it's turned into an exhibition match. I just wonder whether he might be thinking of that. He
1: might be thinking of that, Carl.
2: You can see John's made a pretty powerful argument there. I think it's it's just
1: more whether or not he's... I think a lot of it will come down to the advice he's getting on Lallana himself.
3: Yeah, I I I, I thought he was still a bit further away, to be honest. But um, I thought he'd only just returned. But if he's doing contact stuff already, then you'd imagine... He's going to give. He'll, he'll just want to give someone a rest as much as anything else because we've only got three midfielders at the moment, so <laughs> it's worth it. And I don't know what Ben Bowden's got to do to get a game either, as well. He's be probably better for the twenty That's probably that.
1: It probably is that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no.
2: he, so, is
1: not, he is not in form. You're so picky, up, Honestly, uh, <laughs> he wants his lads. Wants his lads playing well. I think the other thing as well is that Brighton. You know, Glenn Murray's got twelve for them. But when I'm looking at that sort of run on the road they've only scored 10 goals uh, away from home all season for far, and a lot of this stuff you can always feel like well we're tempted faith they've only won two we haven't been beaten yet that's got to get itself balanced out oh they've only scored 10 wouldn't it be ironic if they got two against Liverpool um, and all of that sort of stuff you can go down that route but there's there's a reality to why they found it a little bit difficult on the road this season and I also also sort of wonder that they'll put up a manful defence but if Liverpool get ahead early it might be one of them where they're quite happy everyone shakes hands on 2-0 yeah
0: exactly and you know this season's home record doesn't lie you know we haven't there hasn't been that sort of narrative of liverpool conceding conceding goals for nothing it, it, it's been pretty tight at home this season and i think we can all we can all kind of appreciate that the the home record has has although there's been the draws we we have been sort of on the front foot most of the time we haven't really been conceding these sloppy goals as much as in the past so i think you know brighton they could come and cause us one or two problems maybe if if they turn into turn into what West Brom did, I guess, away from home. But it's a huge completely different kind of ball game when you're when you're away at Anfield. So I I don't see any real sort of uh, shakes or wobbles. No shakes, no wobbles. Uh, let's hope that Fuad's right. Uh, prediction, John.
2: Uh yeah I think we'll be fine two no Two nice two 0 Carl three one. Three one, Fuad? Three 0 3-0, oh,
1: OK. It's been the Anfield wrap this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Looking ahead to this game, this Sunday's game, focusing on that, talking about Kiev as well. Liverpool have got one more job to do domestically. If Liverpool do the business on Sunday, it's been a very, very good season indeed. And then if they do the business the, two weeks later, it's been a tremendous season. It is all to come. Everything's on the line. And the Red I think they're going
2: to do the business as well. 2-0.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.